recently. I think this was might have been Gold Coast. Okay. It was within Australia. Um, but yeah, I think it took him fifty three hours or something. Like Jesus. Fifty hours of of constantly doing something. Dude, I um I saw you at Run Melbourne. Yeah. Like, did I, you really? Yeah, I was there. I didn't see you. I saw. Oh you yeah, posting, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was posting that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, I was just about to finish the twenty one, and then I thought of like forty two k, like the full marathon. I was like, how the fuck am I gonna do that? And then I thought about Sean's run. I was like, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. it's possible, but just fuck me. Dude. I know. It's like the perspective is quite amazing when you put it like that. Yeah. Was that your first twenty one? Second. So I did yeah. last year's. Yeah. I want to do Nike, but that's like sold bro, out. Everything's sold out. I know, which so seems ridiculous. You got to pay so much money to run a yeah. marathon. <laughs> How much <laughs> you have to pay to? It's over hundred bucks. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. one one fifty, one eighty. Mm. Damn, it's a lot of coin. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I moved the fuck out of the massage. I did have like three massages. Did you? To the did you have to pay for that, or did you? No, that's included. That's included, yeah. is it? Yeah. So they've got like tons of sponsors, physios. That yeah, come yeah. On, so. so did you do the Nike? You did the Nike one last year. No, I did. I've done both run Melbourne's now. So oh, I've done okay. two run Melbourne's. Did you run? No, I just went, I had so many friends. My girlfriend was running. She did her first 10K. My friend's his first 21. Um, nice. So I was just that guy on the side, just yeah. like screaming at them all. And Do you, are you a runner? You like running? No, I, I would not say I'm a runner. I love to run. Yeah. I've never done anything. I've never like done 21. Yeah, I've never done any fun run or race or anything like that. But I definitely, I got a bit of an itch the other day watching them all. And just, just I'm a competitor more than anything. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a runner or a swimmer or a... Chin up, whatever I'm just someone that just wants to compete and yeah. have a crack and have a go and see what I can do so yes, watching them do that though because it's such a wholesome day it and is how man how fucking quality was the weather for a run like yeah that? it was prime it was a ripper of a day he could not have asked for better conditions like no wind 12, 13 degrees sun coming down like yeah. it looked honestly perfect like I was getting so jealous just watching everyone from the yeah. side so yeah pretty cool though let's Let's kick Let's it off. It. Yeah. Oh, just a quick rundown. How we usually do this, obviously, yeah, you can't well, but I, we we have one guy that plays dumb, so I don't know anything about you. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. So one person <laughs> goes in blind and then I'm more informed. So. Amazing. 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 So yeah. if I'm asking some questions that are, you're just like, oh, I don't what? expect to be a celebrity, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm not coming in here like I'm some hot shot. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're, you're in fine. the hot seat, mate. So I'm in the hot seat. <laughs> Ask away. How Ask many away. people butcher your last name? Just quickly. Uh, I, I don't think anyone gets it first go. So Haley. Oh, well done, yeah. Sahali. He's good. He was practicing it before. <laughs> I was like, Sahali, Sahali. 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 Because I was just going to go in blind, but I just had a feeling. Yeah, have a crack. It's, yeah, Sahali, yeah. that's the way. So it's, yeah, Lebanese. My dad's side of the family Lebanese, but I'm born in New Zealand. Um, but so mum's last name was Banks, very basic. But um, yeah, dad's born in Australia, but Lebanese background. So oh. Sahali is, is the correct pronunciation, but well done. It's very yeah. impressive. yeah. All right, welcome back to the Causal Adventure Podcast with Ant, Luke, and we've got Connor Sahaley. <laughs> That's it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Long time coming. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you in the podcast studio, Pixel Boss Club. Yeah, yes, thank you, man. I'm very uh, very grateful. I just was was telling you how impressed I'm with the studio, so thank you. Welcome, when was welcome. this meant to originally happen? I don't know if we ever had a just date in mind, did we? No, we booked in a set. Oh, we swore we booked in a date. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. Gold Coast plans came up. That's right. Yeah, yes, yeah. I think we we chatted about it earlier in the year, and then I just, I just scheduling wise, yeah. patient wise, had a bit going on, and I think I'm glad we're here though. I'm yeah. glad we have made it because I have been looking forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to having you, mate. Thank you. Good mate. energy about you. I, like I appreciate it. that. I like I it. Ho- yeah. I hope so, mate. I hope so. Plenty of stories, good messages, and we'll we'll dive deep on that. Um, thank you for Sean Shawnee Bell for for referring Connor to us. Um, but yeah. 
<laughs> Should we just start? Just maybe want to tell us a bit about yourself, what you're about. Of course, yeah, of course. Well, firstly, shout out to Sean Bell. Um, he's an amazing man. He's done some amazing things. Obviously, all your listeners would have already heard his story, of course. But if for any reason you still don't like follow Sean or know his story, then please go and check him out. Um, but yeah, as, as you said, my name's Connor Sahaley. I'm 24 years old. I'm from Mornington Peninsula. Um, I I don't think of myself as anything special, but I do have a really strong message and try to promote just the idea of um, mental resilience, having a crack at life, um, overcoming adversity. I'm someone that, as most people do, uh, go through, went through a lot of just struggle through COVID years and um, thankfully managed to pull myself out of a lot of pain that I was in um, from a mental standpoint. So I kind of believe that if I can do it, anybody can. Um, I push myself to some pretty extreme levels to try and prove that point that we are capable of anything. Um, and I suppose that's kind of my whole messaging is I just want everyone that is listening to my story um, or is just in their, their own life at the moment to just have a go, um, try and overcome something amazing. And the things that we can do are pretty awesome. Mm. Let's get straight into it, mate. So you talk about this pain. Where did this whole resilience thing start from? Was there a point in your life? Was it like COVID? Was it before that? There's normally a moment that dictates something like this. And where was that for you? Um, yeah, for me, it was definitely during COVID. I, like, I've said it um, a lot before, but I grew up very privileged. Um, I had an amazing family, amazing parents, amazing siblings, amazing friends. Everything worked perfectly for the first 20 odd years of my life. Um, but with that came a lack of any resilience and any mm. understanding of adversity. So then we went through obviously COVID period um, in Melbourne and a lot of adversity came um, just with day-to-day life, losing work um, and all those sorts of things. I went through a breakup. I had absolutely zero coping mechanisms for how to overcome something difficult. Um, and my, my problems were not as severe. I know we don't like to compare issues, but um, in perspective and in hindsight, my issues that I was going through were not as severe as the things that other people deal with on a day-to-day basis. But for me, I had no understanding of how to get through it. So um, I went through some really dark places and without having any mental resilience instilled in, inside me, um, you know, I had a lot of suicidal thoughts. I battled with depression for a couple of months really heavily. Um, I probably didn't get out of my bed for a couple of months at a time, just with no work and with no purpose in my life, um, having lost a partner and then lost all my purpose in, in work and what COVID was doing to everyone. Um, yeah, I found myself really needing to build some resilience within myself. So we all struggled in COVID. Like I imagine for you boys, it was the exact same in terms of mm-hmm. just whether it's loss of work, doing something like this or your passion changes and it's fucking hard for so many people. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, an interesting topic because you, you talk about the pain that you're going through and how it's compared to other people. It's not as quote unquote big or as, as challenging as what other people go through. But I think it's important to just be like, what you're going through is what you're going through. And like, that's okay to just be like struggling. I don't think just because someone's gone through like a traumatic experience that's worse than yours, it doesn't mean that you can't feel like you're suffering as well. And I think it's important to just like people, for people to be aware of that because you want to be able to know that. Is there someone trying to get in? Anyway, sorry about that. Um, yeah, I want, you want people to know that, that it's okay to feel like just because because I, I had the same thing. Like I felt fed a silver spoon my entire life and like COVID was like a real big kick in the ass. And it's like, fuck, I haven't had anything really bad happen to me, but it was okay to feel like shit. 
And I think that's really important to share. Definitely. I think that's an incredibly important point. Something I've learned now in hindsight is that everyone has their struggle. And the overarching uh, like quote I keep coming back to with everything I do in my life is that life is inevitably cruel. Life will always be cruel. Pain is inevitable, um, but suffering is a choice. And that's something that I think is an incredibly important thing to remember with everything we're going through because I, I know even now, like my life at the moment is amazing, but I'm not naive enough to think that I will never go through a struggle again. I know that it is inevitable in my life. It might be tomorrow. It might be in five years. It might be in 50 years. I will go through a struggle. Um, and I need to make sure that when that day comes, I have the tools installed within me to actually understand how to cope with it and how to move through it. Um, because I know for myself, I was very naive to all the struggles that can happen in life. Um, and I think for a lot of people, yeah, we can get in this trap of comparing our problems and thinking that we don't have it as bad as somebody else. But the fact is that if you are struggling, you are struggling. There is no gauge. It's not a tangible mm. thing that we can actually measure. Um, struggle is struggle. So we need to figure out how we can overcome it. Mm. Before we get into you overcoming that struggle, there was a post or a video recently that you put out on your social media and it actually like hit me and uh i want to ask you about it i think it was a few years ago now but you were wandering in the city by yourself on a night out and you were obviously visibly emotional could you sort of yeah tell us a bit about where you were in that moment of your life yeah so that was that was uh, mid 2021 um again we were in COVID. i i was probably at my lowest at that point i just actually messaged a friend um, to just say, man, can we just go out to the city? Just go out for dinner. Can we book an Airbnb for a night? Just the right. two of us. And I needed to escape the Mornington Peninsula, which is where I'm from, um, and just get out into an, an area that was unfamiliar. And I remember it was probably about 12 at night. We'd been out for dinner and had a couple of drinks and um, he'd walked back to the Airbnb. Um, I was just kind of strolling around the city by myself and um, just flipped my camera out and I was kind of, crying on camera as I'm walking through the city very alone and very unsure of what the next step in my life was and for me um, I didn't mean to document it uh, in a sort of a positive light in the future Do you I'm, want me to I'm really sorry here? yeah I this might stop Ooh, welcome back <laughs> to the Call to Adventure podcast <sighs> all right where were we what were we talking about do you want me to continue yeah I'll if, if, you, if you feel like yeah yeah as best I can um I think the idea is that 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 footage of me, I'm kind of walking through the city for anyone who hasn't seen it, I'm just walking through the city filming myself. Um, like I'm clearly quite upset and miserable. And I'm talking about how in the moment I don't really feel like I'm getting much support from my friends. And in that moment, I just felt so alone, like as symbolic as being walking through the city at night by yourself can be. Like that's how I felt on the inside and out. Um, and yeah, it's pretty, it was pretty awesome to be honest, to be able to like just post that video again. I just, I just found it in my camera rolls. I was scrolling through, um, and see where like the Connor I am now compared to the Connor from back then. Cause that's two years time, like barely even two years time. Um, and again, with everything that I do and promote, like I'm not about bullshit in any way, shape or form. I just want to show as real, be as real and honest with people as possible. Um, social media, which we can get into if we want, but it is the most bullshit form of of life out there that's not a great terminology i like this guy but (laughs) like i'm just so sick of how fake majority of things on social media are and we we say we care so much about mental health and we talk about mental health and how important it is 
yet then we spend 99% of our time faking the persona um, of someone that we are not. And so that's not something I've ever wanted to do. I want to like, if you go on my Instagram now, half the videos are me freaking crying uh, for some charity event or like talking about some vulnerable piece of difficult thing that I'm trying to overcome. And that's the way it should be because that's what life is. Like, as I said, it's inevitable that life is cruel. Um, and I think the sooner that we can actually just embrace that and accept it and kind of like take a bit of pride in the fact that life's fucking hard, but I'm doing my best to overcome it, the easier it is to overcome whatever it is you're going through. Mm. Could you just quickly share what the video was like? So you were just walking. Yeah, sorry. So I'm, it's literally just probably a minute video. I'm just filming myself, um, just walking through the city. I'm kind of filming the video. I think I filmed at the time as like a Snapchat or a video to send to a couple of friends um, in my close kind of circle as a bit of a cry for help more mm. than anything. Um, just, yeah, explain the fact that I'm really struggling and I think I had maybe a couple of tears or uh, I was very upset, clearly. And as I said, felt very alone. Um, and that's a, a space or a feeling that a lot of people go through, mm. um, like loneliness, especially mm. in this social media world where we feel like we can interact with people without ever having a one-on-one conversation, like a mm. real conversation, yeah. similar to what we're doing right now. Like I've known Ant for six months and yet we don't see each other every single mm. day. Um, so how real is it? Mm. If it's just like, I'm going to like your photo and you're going to like mine, but I don't know anything about you or I don't know any of your story. Um, so yeah, as I said, realness is key. Mm. It's such an interesting topic and it's funny how you talk about the realness <laughs> on social media and the people that are real and the most authentic are the ones with the least engagement and the least follows and the least likes. And it's, uh, it's tough out there. And it, it paradoxically you talk about mental health and people preaching mental health on social media. It's like, it almost doesn't solve anything. Like it's like, yeah, it might raise awareness, but yeah. at the same time you being on social media, it is causing more mental health. Yeah, it's counterproductive than, yeah. in a way. It's like, yeah, it's how, but there's no other way to promote it. We're in this, we're stuck in this like cycle now where our only form of, conversing with other people is through a phone and through technology so the only way to promote my message or for me to raise money around mental health is to use social media which is detrimental to mental health so it's kind of like you can't you can't win i haven't figured it out is there is there anywhere that it's not like you cannot use social media so this is the conversation that we've recently been having on previous podcasts is the question that came up in my mind um, i think it was in january or feb when i was like in the pits because I just didn't want to run my business on social media anymore. It's like, how do I run a business without social media? It's like in today's age, pretty fucking hard. Mm. But there is a reality. So it's like, can you see a way personally for yourself where you could get fundraising and for my mental health without using social media? I think I think you definitely can. But I think the like catch-22 of social media is it's so convenient. It's so easy. Like I run a business myself. I work as a myotherapist and run my own business. I don't use social media. I've started actually in the last like three weeks just posting videos of what I do, but that's not how I get any of my work. Mm. All my work is word of mouth and conversations with people. You go to a footy club, you have a conversation with a guy. He refers his mate. He refers his mum. It's all word of mouth, but that's hard. It takes time. It takes um, me going out of my way to meet people and converse. And um, social media is so easy. I can be sitting at home in my bed just lying down with, you know, a packet of chips on my stomach and I can be promoting something amazing. So I think, unfortunately, we're in a world where it's just so convenient to use social media. Um, and then again, at the same time, it's just so detrimental. Mm. So 
I don't know. I'm not sure the answer yet. I'll get back to you if I find out. <laughs> we'll get you back on when you figure it out. <laughs> if, I can, if I can. But this is a great segue into what you're building, which is a community outside of um, what you're doing for work. Because we've, we've been talking about this idea of like trying to build our own communities and um, either promote a message or like do work around that. And you've you've been doing the Cold Water Club. Yeah, correct. And yeah. Yeah, so we, we run a community. So a friend of mine, Jai Simpa, um, he started this club called the Cold Water Club about a year, just over a year ago. Um, the Cold Water Club was literally just him and like two other people jumping in. And uh, anyway, we ended up sort of meeting up. Had never met him before, but formed a great friendship. And now fast forward a year down the track and we've got a, a community of 30, 40, 50 people getting in the water um, every single day down at Frankston Beach. Um, and that whole idea of, creating community it's one of those spaces like transverse with social media where you can actually have real conversations with people especially to do it in a setting the whole idea with cold water club for anyone who hasn't heard of it before is like we're trying to promote vulnerability um promote you know conversation we do nine minutes in the water every single day um which is a representation of the nine suicides that we lose every day to suicide uh, in australia so nine suicides per day in australia is the pretty much um, like average statistic has been for the last few years. So we just do nine minutes in the water, just jumping off the, off the jetty, stand around, talk shit, have a laugh. Occasionally we do some breath work or something like that, but it's, it's very, very low key, but it's a space for people to come to actually meet someone like shake a hand, have a hug, um, like strike up a friendship. And you're doing it in a space where there is no like fake persona because like I'm standing there in my footy shorts the next girl next to me is in a bikini with no makeup on. Like mm. the next guy's rolled out of bed. There's no like, you know, you meet someone at a party or an event and everyone is putting on their absolute best. Like I want Ant to like me. I want Luke to like me. Mm. Like I need to be, I puff my chest out. There's none of that when you're freezing cold in the water and like you've got a wave hitting you every three seconds and you're just trying to like say hello to someone. Um, and community is awesome. The amount of like real friendships you can create by being a part of something like that. I'd encourage anyone listening to this. Like if there's a run club within your area, if there's a, a cold water dip community, which is plenty of them down, like, you know, in this part of Melbourne where Teams, we live, yeah. there's beaches everywhere. So there's always going to be someone um, doing it. And if you can like put yourself in a position where you can overcome something really hard, it might be a fear of running. It might be a fear of cold water. It might be a fear of like a vulnerability from a um, physical standpoint. You're scared to take your t-shirt off out in public. Um, if you can have a little win and overcome something scary like that and get to meet other people who are doing the exact same thing, the benefits of that are insane. Yeah. I don't know why anyone who isn't doing that wouldn't be doing it um, because you just gain so much perspective, um, realness, and again, like vulnerability. Yeah. I love the message behind that, man. And do you want to just, I know there was a few questions in the comments about the Cold Water Club. Like where, where is this? When is it? So yeah, so we do, so Oliver's Hill in Frankston. Um, we do nine minutes in the bay every single day. So Monday to Friday, we jump in at 6am. So it's still when it's at this time of the year, it's pitch black pretty much. Um, we, some of us walk in, I'm, I'm at the stage now where I just, the fear or like that overwhelming feeling when you jump in the cold water. I don't know. Do you do much like cold water dips? We've, or? we've done winter retreats. We've done yeah. like plenty of cold water yeah, dips. You know yeah. how much it sucks. Yeah. Like it sucks. Fucking sucks. It's like showers are cold this burners. morning. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. It's terrible. So it's um but again like you overcome it and every single day that endorphin release that like dopamine hit of getting out of the water and the satisfaction of overcoming something terrifying mm. like anyone that doesn't do cold water dips if you tell them you do cold water dips like 
what the fuck do you mean? Like, why would you do something mm. so stupid? But anyone who does do it advocates it, you know, till the end of time yeah. because they know the benefits. So yeah, Oliver Hill, 6 a.m. Monday to Friday. We do like a 10 a.m. dip on a Sunday. So it's a bit more of a, a bit more of a fun, just kind of rock up. Hopefully sun's out on some days, but it's rain, hail, shine. Just get down there. Again, nine minutes is what we do because try and raise some awareness around that statistic and create a little mini conversation with someone. If they go, oh fuck, that's a lot of, a lot of people mm-hmm. in one day. Um, but yeah, it's an amazing community. Again, I'd encourage anyone, whether you're from Mornington Peninsula area or uh, from up here and you want to drive down, um, come join us or come join, like there's cold and conscious, there's- Feel good dips. Feel good dips. Um, There was another one. Yeah, there's another one I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll say it if I do, but there's so many in Elwood. There's quite a few around Elwood area where they do breath work and stuff as Mm. well. And again, it's just promoting that idea of being a part of something. We all want to belong. Like that's- such a, an important aspect of life is belonging and being a part of something. Um, and it removes any of that sense of loneliness that we can often feel with something like social media where we're so trapped in our own little scrolling world. So if you can get outside and actually be a part of something, it's fucking awesome. There's something about camaraderie and community overcoming a challenge and having a, a combined goal that just makes the bonding part so much more enjoyable and so much more closer and i love you know because i've i've done a bit of breath work training myself and i've taken a few guys through ice baths and breath work and stuff and you always notice at the end of the ice bath there's just this little community everyone just starts talking a little bit deeper about their stories or about where they've been or who they are or what's going on for them and it's just i just love that part like at the end of it everyone's overcome that adversity and then they just start feeling more themselves and they feel free to open up so what you're doing is fucking awesome, man. Mm. Definitely. And it's it's empowering to watch, especially these days. Like, I don't want to call myself a professional at it, but you go in the water so many times, you build up a level of resilience. Like, I'm not scared of the cold water anymore. Um, but it's awesome to see, like, you know, we had a young fellow the other day, he's 14 years old, came down with his mum. He walked in up to his knees. Like, he was like, I'm not fucking doing this. I think his mum had dragged him down. And um, I fucking loved it. It was just awesome to see him have a go. Like he couldn't get all the way in, but just to watch him come down, he had school later that day. And um, it's just so like empowering to do something with other people um, and to watch them push themselves. So then it encourages you to push yourself a little bit. I remember my first few times going in where whether I do it with a friend or by myself and so much easier to do it with a friend, like to have just a partner, to have a, even if you don't know the person, just be walking in with a stranger at the exact same time. And you look at each other like, motherfucker, we're actually doing this right now. Like let's, let's go. <laughs> like, are you ready? And like, yeah, I'm ready. And then you jump in. So, um, yeah, community is awesome. It's cause it's just so inspiring when you're watching 30 other people get in the water. You don't want to be that person that's not getting in the water. Mm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we, oh, we've both been there. Man, I've been there too. <laughs> I've dipped, you know, 300 times in the last year and I still, I'll still have days. I'm like, shit, do I want to do this? <laughs> but I watched the other 40 people that have like rocked up to, you know, a club that, you know, you're like one of the faces of and you're like, fuck, I gotta get in. Like, I gotta do this. <laughs> So it's cool. It's really cool. It's a lot of fun. Really enjoy it. I was actually going to ask you a question and this is a lot of, a lot of people ask this question. Does it get easier? But I guess the, the, it's sort of a rhetorical question because I guess that's not why you do it. You don't do it. So it gets easier. You do it because it's going to be hard. No, exactly. And that's the thing. Every single day, like I don't find the, I'm not scared of cold water the way I was at one stage. I still feel the cold the same every day. And if anything, that's the, that's the point of it. Mm-hmm. As you said, it's a rhetorical question because it's this idea that every single day now, I'm gonna put myself deliberately in a position of suffering 
I'm going to start my day by overcoming probably the hardest thing I have to go through the entire day is standing in the cold for nine minutes. But that's a great metaphor for life is that every single day there is a, there is a chance or a likelihood that something difficult is going to come. So what do I want to do? Do I want to push away the cold and say, oh, no, I just, I'll do that another time or, um, or, you know, give in to the fact that I can't do it. I can't overcome it. Or do I want to go, yeah, no, this is what I've said I'm doing. I'm going to rock up. I'm going to overcome this, tick the box and there's no reward. You just move on to the next one. The next challenge in life will come. The next day in the cold water will come and I'll be there again and I'll do it again. Um, again, that's, we're trying to train not for cold water swimming or cold water therapy. We're training for life. Like I've got, I'm 24. I've got 76 years on this planet left. So there's going to be a fuckload of challenges that come with that. Um, and the more resilient I can make my mind with this idea of deliberate suffering, deliberate exposure to scary things, to overcoming um, the easier it's going to be for me the next time life turns really fucking cruel. I lose a family member. I go through a terrible breakup, work situation, financial struggle, whatever my cruelty is that will come. And as I said, it's inevitable. It will come. I'm going to be so much better prepared for it when it does because of all the time and, and effort that I've put into actually building up that resilience. There was this, this just reminds me of this, this reel I saw, the one that of many that stuck out, right? The one of you, sorry. And it was, there's two types of pains in life. One is life pain, which is like relationship, divorces, uh, deaths, all the, the pain that life will throw at you. And then there's the pain that you choose to feel. And it's like, are you going to choose to feel the pain of the cold water and be able to handle like these little problem, like perceived problems with ease? Or do you want to just not have to deal with, like not face your own and choose your own pain? And it's like, uh, yeah, it's just, it just reminds me of that so much because you can actually choose how much that pain affects you. Yeah. by facing your own pain and your own stresses in life. Absolutely. Like, you know, we, we get that choice every day and it's, there's this like amazing quote I like to follow where it's like, again, it's that idea of um, deliberate suffering and pain being inevitable, but there's only one thing that we can ever control in our life and that's how we perceive a situation. So no matter what, I have no control over what you're about to say, what you're about to say, what's going to happen when I drive home, the traffic on the way here, how my partner's going to be when I get home. I have no control over any of that. All I can control is how do I choose to respond to a situation. So when I walk in the cold water, the concept of tomorrow, I've got to go at 6am down to cold water club. Like I'm going to choose to be optimistic about it, to be positive about it, to think of the benefits of it. Um, I'm not going to succumb to the idea of how scary it is, how fearful it is, like how fearful I am of it. I want to get sleep. I want to stay in bed. I want to stay warm. Um, I get to control my own, my own reality. And it's very scary at first when you say that quote of the only thing we can ever control is our perception of a situation. But the way I've kind of flicked it or flipped it around is that that's actually really empowering. I have all the power now. I get to, I get to choose how I feel constantly. Um, and I think to empower yourself in that way is an amazing thing. It can honestly change your life because you start to take a bit of ownership for the situations you're in, for the situations you're presented with, which will be inevitably cruel. Um, and then, yeah, you actually, you get to kind of take a little bit of power back in a world where we don't get a lot of power. Mm. On the off days, right? Because we all have days where I'm sure you wake up and you're like, I'm just like, I don't want to fucking do this. Mm. Right? We all have those days. What's your sort of method or process of, handling those negative thoughts now um for me like i def i definitely have off days i'm never going to sit here and pretend i don't um like as i say i like to be real but I'm, I'm not posting every single day that i'm in the water there are definitely days that i don't go um for whatever reason life just gets mm. in the way 
Um, for me, I have a very clear memory in my head of the guy that I used to be um, and the person I used to be. And like, for instance, I at Oliver's Hill, um, where we do our dip, there's, as you can imagine, there's a hill called Oliver's. Um, and so pretty much most mornings of the week, I run up that hill um, and I'll do maybe 10 sets. I might go for a little four or five K run with a friend and then we'll finish by going up the hill. That hill is a hill that um, I remember sitting on when it was mid 2021 and I was in a really terrible way. And I'd called my friend, I was on the phone to her and I was telling her about how I felt like I didn't want to be here anymore. Um, and I never really said the word suicide, but I've really made it out that that was the mental state I was in. And I can still picture myself sitting on that hill, um, and looking out over the water. It's an amazing view. Frankston is a, you know, it's got a terrible name, but shit, if you're ever in Frankston and you go to the top of Oliver's Hill and you look out at the water over the city, it is stunning. Like it's honestly so beautiful. People are in Europe right now having the time of their life looking at the exact same thing that I see when I sit on that hill. Um, but for me, that's a place where I was very close to making some really bad choices, um, choices that I didn't want to make, but choices that I felt like I had no other, no, no other option. And now every day I'm running up that hill um, before I jump in the cold water. It's a completely different person, but at the same time, I'm the exact same guy I was two years ago, just with a different mindset. So for me, I know I'll never fall back into that. I've, I've built up too much strength to ever fall back into those habits or to fall back into those thought patterns. But having a really um, strong understanding of who you are and maybe who you were is really important for when those off days come, which they inevitably will because I don't ever want to be that person um, from 2021. And that guy, he drives me to be the guy I am today. Fucking boom. You you guys talk about it before, how we choose our suffering, we choose our level of pain. And I feel like for you, something that I'm starting to pick up is you have also chosen a lot of the meaning that you put into things in life. And you've decided to pretty much turn a lot of your pain and suffering into a lot of meaning in your life. And that's given you this like new sense of identity and what you're doing with Cold Water Club. And it's really beautiful to see. And I've followed you on your stories of you running up that, that hill and you waking up at 4 a.m and i remember there was a there was a stretch maybe it was one or two months but it felt like every day without fail you were showing up at 4 a.m and i would i would wake up in the morning check my phone and i'd see you without fail and i would be like fuck if he's showing up like i like i gotta i gotta crush my day i gotta get on with it and um something i also want to just acknowledge with you is you have this habit of showcasing what other people are doing in the world and showing the great things they're doing like when did that start because a lot of people talk the big talk but you're really about it like you're really about empowering and pushing others to to be better well, i think that's it's like that loneliness thing i spoke about is the, the world is such a better place when you have people around you like i love my family so much i love my friends um and i want to showcase that like again i think back to that video of me walking through the city at night where I felt so alone. And I had people that I thought were my friends who in reality, they weren't good enough friends for what I needed at that time. Um, but yeah, like again, there was a stage from probably actually, you would obviously know David Goggins. So I went and watched David Goggins speak. He spoke in Melbourne at the start of the year. We were there. You were there. Amazing. So I actually had a friend, I went to David Goggins with a friend and he is like a 40 year old dad he ran home from Melbourne Exhibition Centre or Art Centre to uh, Frankston. 
<laughs> so he watched David Goggins. He went, I need to run home, which I wasn't dumb enough to do. It took him five and a half hours, 44 You're kilometers. Kidding. Never done a marathon in his life. Um, that finished at about 11 as well, didn't it? I think... He he actually left halfway through Goggins, so no he gave way. up. Thir- he gave up about forty five minutes of listening to Goggins speak because he knew that he should be running home. <laughs> that um, is so good. So Matt Folds, if you're listening to this, you're a star. Um, I might have to get him on. <laughs> so you do, yeah. Folds, he, he's one of the best. Um, so from that day, I, I, the next morning, I was up at about four thirty a.m. I hadn't been getting up that early. But after Goggins, I was like, yeah, motherfucker, if he's getting up at 4 a.m. to go for a run, I have to do that. So I just started then. That was 1st of February. Every day from 1st or 2nd of February till probably about a month ago, um, I was up at 4 a.m. Mm. Um, every single day, I wanted to put up a photo just at the gym. Just It literally was just a selfie. It might just say, get up, get after it, have a fucking good day, check in on a friend. Um, and I wanted for that whole five-month period to show up exactly like you just said. And just for people to be like, fuck me, if he can do it every single day, then I can do it once. Or I can go to the gym this morning because Connor was there at 4am. I have a great friend, Jimmy Logan, who um, is Jimmy's projects on Instagram. If anyone's seen him as a photographer, amazing, uh, really good at his work. He would text me every day at like 6.30, 7am, like, fuck you, man. Like, <laughs> I'm getting out of bed now. And you fucking texted me at 3.58 this morning saying, get after it. And um, I just got in this habit of, it turned, at first it was just my mates. I would literally just text like my six or seven friends at a little group chat, say, get after it today, guys. And then I was like, you know what? Why am I just doing this with my friends? Like I've got a lot of amazing people that follow me on Instagram. I'm just going to message randoms. So I had this habit of, I would get up at about 3.40. I'd be at the gym by four o'clock. Before I started any warm up or any set, I'd go on my Instagram. I'd just scroll through my following. Um, and I would literally not even look. I'd just click a random account. It might be John, whoever. And I just text John, get after it today. It, me and John might've never spoken. I might've never met him. I might just follow him or he follows me or whatever it was. Um, but I wanted John to wake up at 6am or 6.30am or 8am, whatever, whoever John was. And just be like, fuck, like fucking mood to move texted me at 4am <laughs> saying, get after it today. Because every single, the most common response I'd always get was like, man, I needed that today. Yeah. I reckon honestly, every single person close to we just was like, man, I fucking needed that today. And I just, it kept showing me time after time. Like, yeah, people want this little push. So I'd do it every day. Just, it'd be a random person. It'd be, again, a chick I've never spoken to. Um, anytime like a guy or a girl put on their Instagram, like their first 5K run there, they put up a video or a photo of them, um, like their Strava or something. I almost always reply back. Well done, mate. Like awesome job. Because I want to live in a world where we uplift each other and like, you can be doing something great and I can be doing something great and we're not competing. I'm not like, fuck Ant. Like, I wish I was doing a podcast as well as him. It's like, man, Ant's killing it at the moment and I'm killing it too and that's actually okay. Mm. We live in this world and again, I don't want to keep shitting on social media. It sounds very, like I'm a real hateful person, but we live in this world where everyone, a lot of people want to be the guy. I want to be the one to be doing something. It's like, there's enough to go around. I want to live in a world where I can be doing something amazing, but I can still give you your flowers for doing the exact same thing. Or like, I like the term, I don't want to say I coined this, but I hadn't heard anyone say it before me of like floating in your own box, like find your own box to float in and thrive. That's something I wanted to put on my Instagram. I do these little shout outs every sort of Monday where I'd just find four different people on Instagram that I might've, it might be like a young mum who I've just seen, like is, is still going to the gym. She's putting up a little gym photo with a, four month old baby 
Be like, fuck, that inspires me. Like, good for you. I haven't spoken to you for eight months, but I'm gonna give you like an individualized post on my Instagram, just shouting you out saying, hey, Jess, I see you, like, well done. Because I wanna live in a world where we give each other flowers and we actually pump each other up. I think that's so beautiful. And it's never done. How often do you see on, on Instagram people not just promoting themselves? Majority of Instagram is just like, I did this on the weekend or I am this. I was like, amazing, good, great. But like, what do you do for other people? How do you help others? That's, I think we, the world is a much better place if we're actually encouraging people to, again, find their own box to float in and thrive. Don't copy my goals. Don't just take what I'm doing. But whatever you think makes you happy and whatever you want to find fulfillment in within your life, like fucking thrive at it. Just chase it, chase it hard. Um, do whatever you can to actually achieve that and then like give it your all. I think not enough people like back themselves in life. And so I just wanted to uplift as many people as possible. It's still something I'm doing. I'm not getting up at four at the moment. I've literally been told by my sports docs and my myotherapist that I need to sleep more because I got an elbow injury from my chin up event that I did last year, which has just not healed eight months later. So I need to sleep. Um, but I'm still going to be pumping people up because that's what I want to do. Mm. I'm curious, man. This is a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I'm curious. You do all this stuff for other people, right? You're, you're inspiring others. You know, you have your, your cold dips. And where's the time for Connor? Is there any point where you feel like you've exerted too much of your cup giving and you don't have enough for yourself? And I'm sure you get, you fill up your cup from giving. But is there parts of you that feel like, yeah, what do you do to fill up your cup personally? Um, for me, it's, it is all the deliberate suffering, like that term of, um, that is, that is where I find fulfillment and like everyone in his life is looking for self-esteem. That's probably most people's number one goal. We don't ever really say that out loud, but everyone in this planet is just looking for self-esteem. We just want to feel confident within ourselves. For me, what gave me confidence is finding undeniable proof that I'm exactly who I say I am. And the person I say I am is someone who works hard who supports his friends, who looks after his people, who encourages others, um, who doesn't lay down like when adversity hits. That's who I want to be. Those are traits that are very important to me. So the way I fill my cup is by undeniably being that. There's no one out there that could look at me and say, Connor's fake. Connor's, he says he's this, but he's not. Like I've given myself the proof that I, that I work hard, that I can show up, that I can do amazing things. That's that's all I want to do. And that's how, that's how I fill my cup because again, we, we're all looking for self-esteem and the best way to find self-esteem is to overcome something that you didn't think you could do. That's all self-esteem is. It's like, how much do I value what I can do? Like how capable do I think I am? Um, and how much have I ever pushed myself? If they don't line up, you don't have self-esteem. So for a long time, for 22 years of my life, I did not have self-esteem. Um, but then through challenging myself, through deliberate suffering, through putting myself in positions of uncomfortableness um, and actually day by day learning to chip away at it and overcome it and achieve, I built self-esteem. Now I'm as confident as anything and not in an arrogant way, but just a, I know who I am. Mm. Like that's an amazing point to get to in life. I know exactly who I am. I don't have any worries. I don't have any concerns. I've undeniable proof. I'm exactly who I say I am. And if you can get to that point, all your worries go out of the way. Like life is, again, life is hard, but you never worry because in your heart, you know what you are. Do you like camping or? 
<laughs> not too serious. Yeah. <laughs> um, Never too serious. <laughs> I love sport, footy. I love footy and the water. They're my they're my joys. But yeah, and giving hard. back to the people. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. footy team do you go for? Hawthorne, mate. Ah, so tough. not a lot to celebrate. Tough time, tough times. We've had our glory. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> we'll get yeah. there soon enough. <laughs> um, when we spoke to Shawnee at the start of this year, he when he mentioned you and what you were about, I think it was maybe a week after you coming off your chin up challenge. Yeah. Oh no, that was last year. Sorry. Yeah, chin that up. was December. That was when I completed December last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. Could you? Yeah, speak a bit about that because I know deliberate suffering and people were asking like, what does that look like? What did that look like for you? So for me, um, I set the goal at the start of 2022. I wanted to raise money for mental health. I'd already done two previous fundraisers where I'd, <clears throat> excuse me, where I'd walked for 24 straight hours um, and raised about $8,000 for a mental health charity called It's Okay Not To Be Okay. And then about six months after that, I did a 81 kilometer swim. So I swum nine kilometers a day. Again, that nine suicides per day, um, nine kilometers a day for nine straight days, um, just down in the ocean. So open, open water swimming um, and raised about 12,000 or $13,000. And then I set the goal in January last year, so 2022, to complete 3,139 chin-ups in a single day. Um, that is the total number of suicides there were in 2020. So for me, as daunting as of a prospect as that was, it was clickbait more than anything. Like it was, I wanted to raise money and raise awareness around a statistic and challenge myself in the time being, but I wanted people to understand how severe suicide was. And I thought that if I, I am gonna say just run a marathon with no disrespect to marathon runners, cause I have never run a marathon. Um, but it's more of a stock standard type of physical feat as daunting as that is. I knew it wasn't going to draw any eyes. If I said I'm running a marathon for mental health, um, it wouldn't grab people the way that the headline of a guy's doing 3,139 chin-ups as ridiculous as that number is just on the surface. Um, I knew that that would grab people. And I also believed in myself enough having just swum 81 kilometers. I was like, yeah, fucking know if I can do that. I've never been good at chin-ups ever. Honestly, in January, 2022, I could do four. Like I'm tall, like I'm 190 centimeters, but like stick skinny arms and had no upper body strength growing up. Um, so yeah, I pretty much set the goal of like, hey, if you're out there and you are struggling to overcome your first five kilometer run, your work situation, your family situation, and you think that's impossible for you, I'm going to go through something impossible too. We're going to do this together. You're going to watch me struggle every day and watch me push myself every day and overcome something every single day. And I hope that that gives you the same encouragement and inspiration to do the same with your your issue, your concern, your whatever it is holding you back. Um, because that's all life is. It's just it's almost like a video game. You're just getting challenge after challenge, level after level. So yeah, pretty much started training February last year, 2022 um, for the year. Hence why I have some really bad elbow pain these days. I did 27,000 chin-ups, give or take, um, for 2022. Um, so I literally started the same way you progressively overload in a gym session of like, all right, I'm starting at a four kilo bicep curl. I'm going to do that for a week and then push it up to six. I pretty much did that with chin-ups. I was doing sets of four for a little while. Um, I think 
I did my first ever set of 50 in, in lots of like four or five reps at a time. Took me about 15, 20 minutes, built it up to 100, built it up to 200. Um, I just kept building and building and building with this goal of 3139 and this idea of doing it within 24 hours and um, again, showcasing impossible. Like I wanted people to look at me and be like, if that motherfucker can do that, which is such a stupid goal to have, like 3,000 chin-ups in a day, no one would ever think of that. If he can do that, then I can overcome. And like, I want to watch Connor get through this and it's going to give me inspiration to do the exact same thing in my life. So um, I just chipped away at that for the entire year. It was a very lonely process, like unlike footy or one of those sports, it's a very lonely goal doing chin-ups. Pushed away a lot of people, was very kind of stuck in my ways of I need to I need to do this put a lot of pressure on myself um and then got to December 10 which was the day of the event and had set um had a whole team around me we had sort of 50 60 to 100 people coming down to watch um started at two o'clock um in December and I was fucking ready like I like you think of all the like ever the motivational videos you've ever watched and like, you know, how locked in someone is. I was locked in. Like I was like fucking Mike Tyson walking out of, um, you know, like walking into the ring for the, the 50th time. Like I was, I knew what I was capable of and I really believed that I was going to do it. The most I'd done to that point was about 1500 in 10 and a half hours um, of literally, like if you think doing a one hour gym session is, is boring, I would pretty much do four chin ups on the minute every minute and just keep going. Um, so like next time you're at the gym, if you want to just test out how fucking hard that is, oh, I'm good, go to the gym, <coughs> do four chin ups yeah. and then just stand there and just wait and watch your, watch your watch and get ready for the next set and then go again. Um, I built up, so I ended up doing on the day five chin ups per minute was the, the pace I was kind of going at. I had it all set out, was going to get to three, one, three, nine in about 24 hours. Um, so I started at two o'clock on a Saturday had my team about eight or nine. We had nurses and paramedics and team with all my food. I think I had about 45 bananas and like 25 Gatorades and all this stuff. Um, And yeah, had a chin up bar ready to go at at the gym I work at, Impact Fitness in Somerville. Just chipped away at it. I think I did my first 120 chin ups in about 24 minutes. We're just going at five a minute on the minute. Kept going, chin up after chin up after chin up. Um, I remember I got, it's funny cause it's all a bit of a blur. It weirdly went really quickly, but, um, I got through a thousand chin ups in about five and a half hours. Um, and I remember once I hit that thousand mark, we all kind of celebrated a little bit and actually went outside and I had a slice of pizza just to get some carbs in me. And I had a group of friends sitting around me and I was just sitting there and they were all looking at me like I was like a superhero. And I remember just sitting there like, I'm gonna bet I'm about to fucking do this. Like I'm actually gonna do three thousand chin ups in a day. Which was the most naive thing I've ever thought because I went back inside after that thousand with still nineteen hours to go and um started noticing I was getting a lot of stomach cramping and went to the bathroom about seven hours in and just couldn't couldn't piss, couldn't do anything at all. I was just standing there like, okay, I really need to go, but I can't. Um I was at about twelve hundred chin ups at this stage with I think about yeah 15 hours left so still well and truly on pace and then within every minute from that point on the pain within my stomach I felt like I had a knife just sticking straight into my gut um my strength dropped dramatically I was having trouble even grabbing the bar 
And I just wanted to keep pushing through because I knew how many people were watching, like we were live streaming a lot of the events and posting Insta stories. And we we're having like 60,000 people watching our stories at a time. And um, it was amazing how much awareness we were able to show. And again, the whole process had just been, I want to show you that you can get through something hard. Like you can push through adversity. Just because adversity hits, it doesn't mean you have to stop. And so we pushed and we pushed and it got to about, 3am I was literally every, within every chin up I'd grab the bar do half a chin up just get my chin above the bar and then I'd just be on the ground on all fours like grabbing my stomach um just in so much pain we're taking painkillers I had a mate who was trying to give me massages we're putting food in my body I just I'd broken down completely and it ended up getting to about 7am I was I think 1520 odd chin ups in um and my team like Connie you gotta go to hospital like it's is too dramatic at this stage you're not going to get the 3139 um you've got to stop and we've we need to cease this event so i put out a video like again i'm in freaking tears as half my videos are saying i'm sorry i'm not going to be able to do this um like thank you for all the support we'd already raised at that point i think 25 dollars and had to go to hospital and was diagnosed with rhabdomyolysis which funnily enough goggins went through himself when he did his first chin up attempt which is basically acute kidney failure um so the like the my muscles had broken down the protein so rapidly it was almost like it was clogging up my my kidneys nothing was passing through um it's a very dangerous condition thank god that we stopped when we did because if i'd been dumb enough to continue i've been told i probably would have had um lifelong kidney failure and some really traumatic things but in a weird way it was this beautiful beautiful finish where I'd worked so hard and I tried so hard for an entire year to get to this point of achieving the impossible. And yet I'd fallen short with all the pressure I put on myself. And how many times in life do we build these things up and we, we build up the importance of ABC, whatever it is that you're going through. And it didn't go to plan. And again, in that moment, I had two choices of like, all right, what do I want to do here? Do I want to be, do I want to be the suicidal Connor, the scared Connor, the, I can't fucking do this Connor. What's the point? Or do I want to actually overcome this the way I have the last two years? I've overcome every single struggle that I put myself through. This is no different to the nine minutes I spent in the water two days ago. Something difficult has happened. I've gone through adversity. I've, I've failed. What do you want to do? And it was like this beautiful realization that, as I've said, like life is hard. That's okay. We get through it. You move on. The next challenge will come. The sun will come up. It's like brutal fact that no matter how fucked up your day is, the sun will come up tomorrow and you got to do it all again. But it's a really scary thing and a really beautiful thing at the same time because no matter how terrible your day is today, you've got the opportunity tomorrow to make it the best day of your life, no matter what your circumstances are on, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Wednesday could be the best day, that ever, best thing that ever happens to you. So just like anything else, we just, we overcome, we move on um, and better days always will come no matter how long and terrible and daunting something can seem. So it was an amazing experience. I honestly have not done more than probably 15 chin-ups since December because my body and my mind have had enough once you do 27,000 in a year. But it was a, um, a beautiful ending. I, I weirdly think if I had achieved the 3,139, I think I, it would have put me in this terrible mind frame of I need to do something bigger now and I just would need to keep building up to this probably terribly detrimental final challenge that would have been too much. So the best thing that ever happened to me was that I fell short because we still got the awareness out. 
we were having 60, 70,000 people seeing our stories and seeing our message and seeing what we were trying to achieve. I got to be vulnerable and again, demonstrate to people like it's, it's okay not to be okay. That's what the charity is built off that I've done all my work for. We've raised $55,000 in the last uh, 18 months. Um, a lot of that's going to go to helping run school programs, helping, you know, create new merchandise. And again, just to get that message of it's okay not to be okay. Um, I've lost four friends to suicide in my life. I've been suicidal myself. I guarantee you there are friends in my life who are probably suicidal right now that I don't even know about because they might not have the courage to speak up. Um, and I encourage anyone out there who's listening to this to, to be aware of that. Um, make sure you don't just check in on your sad friends, your depressed friend, your friend that has the financial struggle or doesn't have a job at the moment. Check in on your smiling friends because like the four people I've lost, all of them were the, the life of the footy club or the funnest guy in the room. Um, even myself, no one would have known in 2021 that I was having struggle. I was like a confident kid and had good parents, good family, but I was ready to, to leave then and there. Um, and thank God that I didn't because my life has been fucking amazing ever since. Um, but it's an amazing message out there that you really, you really don't know what someone's going through behind the social media profile, behind closed doors. Um, so check in on your smiling friends. It's an important message. Mm. Pretty powerful stuff, man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, first of all, I remember seeing seeing that, and that was like the the post events of of that challenge and um yeah and then seeing you show up on social media and the message that you were preaching um i didn't get to experience that in real time but i like i got to start following you and seeing what you're about after that and yeah man the the one thing that resonated with me and coming out of that goggins event we were both fired up and we were both in that zone of like yeah deliberate suffering getting after it um, go to your darkness, go towards the darkness, go towards the pain. And um, every time I saw you pop on my, on my social media, you were doing exactly that. Like you were the embodiment of leaning into into the darkness and deliberate suffering. Um, one thing I want to ask is when you were in that period of darkness in 2021 and something compelled you to put that camera and record that video, did that ultimately... I mean, you send that to a few friends. How tough was that for you to sort of put out that call for help at that time? Yeah, it was very hard. It was very hard because, again, I felt very alone. And, um, you know, if, like I got a lot of mates, a hell of a lot of mates. And even I know some of them would never open up the way. I've always been a very self-aware person and probably a very emotionally aware person, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but even then, I found it so hard to mm. just to speak up to a camera, which I was sending to a couple of friends. Mm. Um, I don't blame anyone out there for struggling to voice their struggle. I think that's incredibly normal. Um, I think the best thing that you can do is have an understanding of it within yourself. Like come to that realization of like, I'm not okay at the moment. And the things I'm doing for myself, whether it's alcohol, drug abuse, whether it's again, poor relationships, uh, family situation, the things that are happening in my life are not leading me down a good path. Having an awareness of that is the first thing that you can do. Um, and then it takes courage to reach out. Like it takes courage to to like 
pull your mate aside and say, Ant, like I'm not in a good way at the moment. Um, but this is why I think we need to be so vulnerable, especially on social media is because since being so vulnerable myself and now like having an Instagram page, which is me, but it's me constantly talking about mental health. I get messages. Honestly, I, I think I counted. I had over 80, I lost count, but I got over 80 um, messages last year from people who were suicidal, which is the equivalent of one every four days, you know, five days. So like I'm getting so much, um, I'm hearing so many stories of people who are struggling. It might be the 25 year old guy, the 50 year old mum. I had a message the other day from one who's in her sixties saying she's struggling at the moment and what should she do? Like I'm a psychologist, but they've just, again, they've just watched me be me and just do what I do to try and get through something. Um, and then they now feel that they have maybe a little bit of courage to actually just send a message to a random guy who they've just followed on Instagram. But like everyone is going through something. That is just fact. So I think the more vulnerable we can be within ourselves and like, don't just show off your highlights on social media. Don't just pretend that your life is this most, the most amazing thing ever. Um, like show the fact that you have a bad day every now and then. Show Like mention the fact that you've been unproductive lately. Um, encourage someone out there who you haven't seen post for a while. Like check in with them and see how they're going because like vulnerability promotes vulnerability. It's the best way to actually encourage other people to start speaking up is to do it yourself. Is to not put on the facade amongst your own friends and like puff your chest out like we've all done, especially like as like young males. Mm. Incredibly, I definitely used to do it around the footy club and you're trying to, you're trying to be someone. Um, and so the more vulnerable we are as individuals, the easier it's going to be for people who maybe aren't as emotionally aware or don't quite know the words um, to say or to get out to actually ask for help. Um, the best thing you can do is kind of lead example yourself a little mm. bit. Mm. I think you do a great job of that. Like with, with a lot of the things you post on Instagram, um, like it's real. There's no, there's no bullshit with anything you post. Mm. It's you, you showcase a lot of the real aspects of humans and the way we think, the way we act, the way we behave in certain situations. And, um, I think that's a really important thing to showcase. If anything, it's the most important thing to showcase because we're all living the same life. We just mm. have kind of different paths that we're on. We're all out here just trying to do the same thing, find confidence, find happiness, find purpose. Like that's literally every single person on the planet's goal is mm. to find those three things. So I think if we can actually just be a bit vulnerable about the fact that we are chasing those things and we're not putting on any fake persona, it makes it a lot easier for other people to kind of come out and, and figure them out themselves. Mm. Hearing you speak has raised a thought in my mind and i know we've spoken about the the dark side and the drawbacks of social media but then i realized those moments and we've both experienced it where someone can pop up in your dms that you've never spoken to but they've been following you all along and they can write this huge paragraph sharing how your message and your content has impacted their life and yeah maybe that's just something i've had to remind myself recently that there's yeah there's always someone watching and you know, your post can radically change someone's life and you, you will never expect it until, until it happens. Always. It's never, it's never the people you expect that are messaging you. Um, again, like you'd be the exact same, but I've gotten so many messages, almost too many, like, <clears throat> excuse me, too many from a, just like, wow, this is so much, so many people to try and help. Um, but yeah, you just, it'd be like someone wants to send you a message, it's in your message request. And it's a fucking two paragraphs of like, 
going through this. I've been through this with my partner. This is happening. I had a girl message me the other day, very simply. She's like, Connor, I'm not very happy. How do I become disciplined? Um, I was like, man, that is a, like, that's a question. Like, <laughs> what do you want? Like two words? I don't know. So I, I'm also terrible. I'll end up whenever I get these messages, not terrible, but I'll send like six minutes worth of voice, voice messages notes. back. <laughs> and I'm just, I'll say to them to start like, all right, you fucking asked for this. Like, I'm going to tell you <laughs> what I actually think. I'm not going to just text a response like, hey, automate a response kind of thing. Cold water club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I do often mention that. Um, but yeah, just this idea that there's, there's a lot of people that are struggling, a lot of people that are in darkness. Um, and so, yeah, getting those messages, like it's rewarding in the sense of knowing that you are helping and people are watching. Like, um, you know, we kind of spoke before off air about that idea of going off social media and like how much are people actually consuming? And it might not always be the ones that are liking your photos or commenting or, you know, replying to your stories. They're, they're still watching a lot of them. Like there are mm. still people out there that, and that's why I would post every single day a photo of me at the gym. Cause I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't need this. I don't need the accountability right now. I'm no, I'm going to the gym anyway, but fucking Tammy out there or, and or whoever it is might be like, fuck, like I want, like, I want to see Connor at the gym today because that's going to help me get out of bed. Part of that was accountability for myself. Um, but there are always people out there. You'd, I'd get a random message like four months into doing it. Someone would say like, man, I'm loving these posts. I'm like, you, you haven't messaged for the last four months, not in a hate way. Like you haven't said anything for four months and now you've decided to say something. So like you've been watching this whole time. Mm. So that's why it's so important. Like what message do you want to promote to the world? What do you mm. want to, what do you want to stand up for? I, I advocate to people all the time. Like my partner, um, she's one of the most beautiful girls I've ever met. And she has like, has been through a really traumatic um, like sexual assault incident when she, in her like earlier years. And um, I say to her all the time and she's started to do it now. Like it's part of your story. So like take pride in that. Like let's not hide away from the things that hold us back. Let's actually stand up for what we believe in. If, you, if you're passionate about advocating against sexual assault or advocating for mental health, stand up for it. Like what do you want to be known for? Like I'm grateful now that through all the work that I've tried to do for myself, I can be known to some people mm. as someone who does work for mental health and is passionate about mental health. And now therefore you encourage conversations about mental health. If you're passionate about something out there, stand up for it. Like promote the issues that you care about. Um, like what legacy do you want to leave? And like legacy is such a funny word. I, I think of legacy, I immediately think of like LeBron. I just immediately think of like the sports star, like what legacy are they leaving? But in all seriousness, like you're going to die one day I said, I've got 76 years on this planet left. What legacy do I want to leave? How many people can I die at 100 and they can go, yeah, fuck, you know what? Connor inspired me with this or Connor helped me with that. I think that's the legacy lives on forever. Um, I hope the chin-ups is a legacy for someone who maybe tells their kids about, fuck, there was this guy one time when I was younger and he tried to do 3,000 chin-ups. You know, he raised this much money and because of him, I started doing this. The same way I looked at a David Goggins and he inspired me. He's got a legacy that he's created. Like what legacy do you want to leave to this world of um, what do you stand up for? What are you passionate about? What do you want to advocate? Um, be noisy about that. Don't be noisy about your weekend at the winery. Like that doesn't benefit anyone. Me showing off like how good I look today at the beach or, um, you know, like how well I'm doing in this certain aspect of my life. What is that benefiting anyone? I've got like a little separate Instagram, which I'll, I'll add you boys to now, which is just like my friends. It's just my friends. And I just post the stupidest shit. It's just me and my girlfriend doing dumb stuff. And 
Because um, they're the people I'm like, I want them to celebrate in my, like I want them to see my happiness because they're people I care about. Same way I want to see theirs. But when you have a, a bit of a social media following, I don't need random people to see me like going out for dinner with my girlfriend or like that's my personal life. But if I have a platform, I want to promote stuff that is actually going to benefit you. Whether you look at it or not, you can at least go on my account and be like, all right, fuck that motherfucker. He was really struggling and he was a broken individual and now he's doing some really cool things. Yeah. And that's all I ever wanted people to look at me as. Never, ever, ever as anything special. I wanted you to look at me and be like, I could be doing exactly what he's doing. The way he felt about himself once is exactly how I feel now. So if he can get from point A to point Z, then I can do the exact same. It's never a comparison. It's never a, I'm doing this, but stay in your lane. It's, hey, if I can do it at 1,500 chin-ups, then shit, you can as well. As long as you discipline yourself and you push yourself the way that I have. Because all that ever is is hard work. Um, it's not a tangible thing. It's not something I'm born with. I didn't just, you know, same with fucking Goggins. He didn't, wasn't born as this like psycho, hardworking freak. He developed it. He talks about it all the time. Um, anybody can do these things. But if you don't have belief and you're not willing to challenge yourself, where are you going to get? I'm curious about the legacy part. Did this just unravel for you as this journey started for you now? Or was it something that you connected to on a deeper level? Because a lot of the work I do is connecting people to their souls and their heart's mission and vision. So I'm curious how that evolved for you. Um, I would say, yeah, I would say it only evolved in the last couple of years, the idea of creating, well, actually, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct myself. I think I always wanted to create a leg legacy. I didn't know what that legacy was, though, for the first 22 years of my life. Um, and then through my suffering, I actually found my purpose. Like through my struggle, I found what my mission is and what my goal is and where do I actually find happiness? It's through helping people overcome something they don't think they can do. That's the legacy I want to create. I want to be known when I die as someone who supported his friends, supported his family, worked his ass off. Um, and that's, for me, that's legacy, was passionate about the things he was passionate about, was vocal about the things he was passionate about. Um, I think anybody can have legacy. You don't, if you don't have your purpose right now, that doesn't mean you can't acquire it. Again, Connor two years ago didn't have his purpose. He didn't know what his legacy would be. Um, but it's like this whole idea of creating your own legacy mm -hmm. and like creating your own pathway, finding your own box to float in and then thrive. Um, I think that's really important. And you spoke about like, you know, connection within yourself. That's incredibly important. Um, if people, are you running like workshops or something with that? Or yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing way. Like I've done breath work and um, just that sense of connection within yourself on a really deep level um, is incredibly beneficial just for helping uncover answers and ideas that you might not already have. Mm. So I think that stuff's very powerful. Mm. Do you mm. think everyone's legacy is to help others? Um, no, I don't think so. I think there's a lot of people out there who are, who are very selfish um, and that's okay. I think, I think, I don't think you have to help people. Mm. Um, I think if you want to live a life where you strive in your own goals and that's what you want to do, that's perfectly fine. Um, do you I've, think underneath mm. all the bullshit, everyone's legacy is to help others? Well, yeah. If you want to look at it on that level, I think, I think humans in nature, like we are, even if you look at like a mother giving birth, like we are, we are, as soon as you give birth, you, this nurturing side of you comes over. Um, and you know, mothers are looking after their kids for 25, 30 years these days, a lot of them, maybe longer. 
I'm 24. I've moved back home now. So like, <laughs> mum's still cooking me. She cooked me a roast last night. Like, fuck yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, I think below all of the the new bullshit that we've built in as this 2023 version of humans, um, I think yeah, helping people and nurturing is a like it's an innate skill that we have. Um, but I think we are so conditioned now into this mm. like this competitive world of I need to become that. Um, more so than he does or she does yeah. that maybe we lose sight of helping but there's nothing more fulfilling than helping the same way you would have gotten that benefit from seeing someone like develop a new pathway or something mm-hmm. with breath work with connection um same with you out like podcasting you see someone help you help someone uncover their story um or just explain their story like how empowering that is to you yeah. it's fucking empowering to actually see someone else succeed because of 0.1 percent of advice you gave them um and so, yeah, I think, and that's why it's so important to to surround yourself with like-minded people and and build community, be a part of community, um, encourage conversation amongst people. Because um, I think, yeah, at the crux, we're all looking for the same things. Um, and yeah, there's just, I think we're all trying to figure out our, our own little method of achieving it. Mm. Well said. Connor, so we have a... A closing tradition on this podcast. It's called the Call to Adventure. So we want to ask you, what's your next Call to Adventure? It could be as abstract or as practical, tangible as possible. Mm. Um, I think, can I take this on a different route? I'm not sure if this take is an answer you've heard. <clears throat> um, I think that in all honesty, I have no idea what my next adventure is. And I think that's probably what excites me the most. The last two years, I've been so driven almost dragged by the neck at times by purpose of chin-ups and swim goal and um is that right? it's just battery low that's right um i've been driven by purpose on such an extreme level that this is the first time in my life i'm actually taking a step back i'm focusing on my business and um like running my practice supporting my friends being a part of a community um I've said at the start and i'll say it again now the inevitability of life is that it is cruel and it goes in terrible ways it will direct you on any path at any time i don't believe in five-year plans or 10-year plans um i think a lot of that's bullshit i have no idea where i'll be in a year's time and that is probably the best and most exciting part of my life at the moment um i know that every day i'm going to show up every single day i'm going to try to get better um every single day i'm going to check in with my mates and look after my friends and just try one percent at a time to be a better individual but the next challenge will come when it comes and I might not even have the opportunity to dictate that. The next challenge for me might be, might be illness. It might be injury. Um, as I said, with I've potentially have, can have surgery on my elbow because of doing 27,000 chin-ups in a year. Um, we don't often get to dictate the path that we're going down. It's amazing to set goals and I'm a massive advocate, advocate for it, but we can't be um, led by our goals. We actually need to be able to have the, the ability to take a step back and be a bit um, flexible in our approach to life. So I think for me, adventure is amazing. Um, and I, I, again, I advise anyone out there who doesn't have purpose at the moment, like find something you're passionate about and chase it. Um, but you have to have an understanding that the inevitability of life is that it will take you in any which direction. And you don't, more often than not, you don't get to actually choose that. Mm. So as I said, all you can actually choose is how you respond to the situation. And I know whenever the next adventure comes, I'll be ready to respond to it and fuck, I'll give it a good crack. Um, but for the time being, I'm just going to be happy being present with what I'm doing and, and we'll see where it takes me. 
Beautiful. Beautiful, man. Well, do you want to take us home, Luke? That is a wrap. Thank you so much, Connor, for joining us today, man. It's been lovely to meet you on my end and see who you really are and the authentic human that you are. So thank you for your time today and thank you for all our listeners. Uh, we'll make sure that we put all your socials and stuff in, in the bio below. So thanks, team. Ciao. Cheers.